I'm Greg Thomas from Workday, and today I'm pleased to be speaking with finance veteran Rob Hull. In 2003, Rob was a frustrated CFO, fed up with the manual menial planning processes that were imposed by spreadsheets. So he founded Adaptive Insights, which went on to become a pioneer in cloud-based enterprise planning, and which was subsequently acquired by Workday. We're going to talk to Rob about how planning has evolved into something that is much more dynamic, and perhaps even unrecognizable from what it had been for decades. And we'll look at how finance leaders can and should leverage planning to take more strategic roles within their organizations. Welcome, Rob. I'm glad you're joining us. Thanks, Greg. It's great to be here. I'm glad you're here. So much of your experience as a CFO and then later at Adaptive is kind of founded on this idea that the old way of planning no longer works. And why is that? Why doesn't it work anymore? Great question. And I think a great place to start, which is to look backwards and say, okay, hey, how have businesses been planning historically? And and typically it's this sort of long exercise of collaborating across a number of different people to pull together this big bang exercise of the annual plan. And then that gets put on the shelf and everyone tries to execute against it and compare to it. But it quickly becomes stale. It takes quite a long time to have put it together in the first place. And so trying to update it isn't something that people are very focused on doing. And so really you have this this sort of very static process. It ends up being a plan that's pulled together once a year, doesn't reflect current reality, and quickly becomes sort of obsolete in value. What's also typical is that just the process of putting it together is very inefficient. It becomes very difficult to collaborate in these traditional ways, particularly of using spreadsheets to pull these plans together. It's hard to pull data into both the plan and to the process of actually understanding how you're doing relative to that plan. And so what you find is that businesses aren't nearly as agile as they need to be in such a static planning world. Yeah. And we've all lived that, I hesitate to call it a dream, but we've all lived that dream, right? Where, wait, am I looking at the right spreadsheet? Is this the most recent one? Do I know that this data is current? Clearly that that leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah, I guess I, I wouldn't call it a dream so much as as a nightmare, really. <laughs> it's the One of the sort of tenets, I think, behind this different way of thinking about planning is around the importance of agility as, as an attribute. Why is agility so key, do you think? We are in a particularly interesting time right now, right? It's more disruptive probably than, than ever before. And so now more than ever, businesses that are going to succeed really need to be able to embrace change. And so I, you know, I look at it almost as if there's there's two stories here, a story within a story. We're seeing global environmental impacts and change faster than ever before and in ways that were just simply unexpected and unplanned for. And so that presents a tremendous management challenge. If you really think a little bit more broadly about it, there's the immediate defensive challenge. How do I stay afloat given severe contractions in demand? And then a little bit longer term, which we hope isn't in too far down the road here, there's the offensive side of this, right? How do I then quickly respond to rapid 
increases in demand as things begin to open back up. And so never before have we really seen such dramatic swings in demand in such a short period of time. And that's really the the story within the story. Before this coronavirus shock, you already had these very broad overarching themes that were putting pressure on businesses to adapt more quickly. I've got employees around the world in multiple time zones, multiple currencies, multiple languages. How do I plan in such an environment as that? We've got automation hitting businesses all around the world. Processes are automated. Communication is automated. That's generating more and more data. And so the ability to then try to sift through, synthesize, and pull out insights from that data becomes even more challenging. And so agility, the ability to quickly react to changing circumstances really becomes in this near term, it's the difference between continued operations and shutting down altogether. Let me shift gears a little bit and talk about one of the key elements of planning and and being able to respond as a business is data and knowing what's the state of my business today? How do things truly look? So for companies that aren't able to plan in a more agile fashion and and are stuck in the static world, like what's happening there for those companies? Well, again, it, it comes back to being able to quickly react to change. And so in an environment that's more static, I've got both stale plan information. It hasn't been updated to reflect most recent reality, but I also may have poor information to even reflect what's happening in my business today. I may not have information that I trust. And so I'm unable to make a data-driven decision quickly. Those data-driven decisions are everything from, again, the defensive, you know, where do I need to pull back to the offensive? Where might I have new opportunities? How might I take advantage of uh, changes in the market that allow me to grow perhaps differently than I expected before? I think the other thing that ends up happening in organizations that haven't really embraced the data that they have available to them is that you've got silos of information inside of the organization. One part of the organization may have good up-to-date information. It's not shared broadly and freely with other parts of the organization, typically not on purpose, but simply because of processes. And so you've got people making decisions with different sets of information. And so In all of these cases, I'm either unable to react or I'm reacting in different ways across the organization, all of which just puts me at a disadvantage. How do you see agility either manifesting itself or examples of, you know, industries and places where a lack of agility or an abundance of it sort of really changed the game for them? The here and now, the immediate of this pandemic is, you know, you look at things like the restaurant industry. That's an industry where it's built upon people coming together, and yet right now we can't. we can't. We can't gather. And so what you see is this great, nimble, agile ability of restaurants to say, I can retool and retune. I'm going to provide my core service, the meals that I provide, but I'm going to do that on a to-go basis. I won't have people coming in and staying, but I can still operate as a business. And so they've they've had to quickly shift mindset of what exactly, how exactly do they serve their customers given the product that they have to offer. Now, if you step back and in times before this, right, 
all kinds of examples of change and, and agility in business. So hospitality industry, right? Really getting revolutionized by home share companies that don't own hotels. You've got online retail, really changing the nature of retail altogether, where there are retailers that can essentially be selling with no storefront whatsoever and grow to enormous scale. Airlines themselves have said, okay, I've got changing demand. How can I evaluate route profitability? How can I evaluate plane configurations, staffing configurations to still remain profitable even in a pullback in time? So there's a number of different ways that we see that kind of agility manifest itself in businesses around the globe. So there's a book, Plan to Win, Achieving Agility in the Age of Urgency, that talks about Who should be helping an organization plan in this different way and and adopt this agility? And it it argues that finance is really maybe that nexus point. Finance isn't always necessarily seen as the most exciting or or even the most risk-taking type of organization. Why do you believe finance should be at the center of this change? Well, because uh, all of us in finance are particularly dynamic and engaging individuals. <laughs> That's been my experience. Okay, right okay, all right. So, you know, look, finance is a natural hub across the organization, right? Sitting at an intersection of operations, finance, strategy, and frankly, really, unlike other parts of the organization, being given insight into what's happening in each of those different organizations. So, There's often less concern about whether or not information should be shared with finance than there might be with some of the other parts of the organization. So finance sees all data, sees all parts of the organizations in a way that is unique inside of the company. You combine that with then a strategic imperative to help the organization, again, figure out how to make the best use of resources to grow as optimally as possible. And so really giving finance this nice seat at the table that says, hey, we're in a position to see what's happening around the organization and we're going to help to connect each of you with each other in an efficient way, in a data-driven way, and in a way that is very strategic in helping you to help the organization as a whole grow in the most optimal way. Yeah, the way you paint that picture, it's really a natural evolution of what finance sort of has done historically. Yeah, I think that that the change, and, and this isn't new, right? This has been happening for a good 15, 20 years, and that's the move for finance to not just be backward looking, not just be counting and tallying how the organization has done historically, but really help the organization to look forward, to be proactive in identifying opportunities and in really forward looking at where the business is going. So if that siloed, hard-to-connect model uh, where plans sit on the shelf is is the wrong model, what are the hallmarks of the right model and, and how do companies get there? We like to talk about this as if static planning is what we're hoping to move away from, active planning is what we're hoping to move towards. And, and that's really characterized in three ways. One is that an active planning process is continuous rather than this old style of annual planning and then executing against it. It's a continuous process of forecasting, of updating, of evaluating various scenarios, various alternatives to what might happen, which again allows me to be agile, to be very nimble as an organization. And when you say continuous, Rob, like 
what what do you see as sort of best practices? I mean, is it are we talking quarterly, weekly? Like what what does that mean? You know, interestingly, there's no one right answer to that, right? There are certain businesses that are very dynamic, right? Both the environment that they're operating in as well as their own internal environment is changing very rapidly. And so the pace of forecasting, the pace of reevaluating is really driven by the pace at which your business is changing or the environment that you're operating in is changing. And so for some businesses, that's weekly. For others, it might be monthly. And for others, a, a quarterly review of things is, is an appropriate pace at which to evaluate things. But very infrequently does an annual review of where you're going and how you're going to allocate resources really keep you up to date with reality. So continuous is point one. Yeah, so continuous is one point. Active planning is also very comprehensive. And by that, what we mean is that it's holistic in its view of the business. I want to bring together both financial information as well as operational data across the organization. I want to make sure that when I look forward at where my business is going, I'm taking in points of view from sales, from marketing, from production, and that I'm really factoring in all different aspects of my business. You know, what my product mix might look like down to what my workforce mix might look like and when and where I'm hiring, what skills I'm looking for. So a very comprehensive view of the business. And then finally, we think of active planning as a very collaborative process. And one of the problems in a static planning world in in a spreadsheet-driven view is that that collaboration becomes difficult. And, you know, if you think about now, again, today's environment of all of us being isolated in some sense, all working from home, collaboration becomes more challenging than ever before. And so using technology to create an environment where I can collaborate both on the past, i.e. I can get good information that is trusted and consistent across my organization on where I've been, what I've done, how I've executed, and then collaborate on my plans for the future. How does sales view demand in the future? And how will that be connected to marketing's plans to generate that demand? And how will services or production respond then to servicing that demand going forward. And so having all of those functions, all of those people collaborating in real time, both across historical data as well as those future plans becomes a a critical part of of an active planning process. It's been said in, in other contexts that in today's environment and not just literally today's environment, that your choice is I'm going to be a disruptor or I'm going to be disrupted. Active planning feels like a very powerful tool in making sure you're on the right side of that. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's really all about enabling the disruptor. It's, it's about enabling the ability to react to change and, frankly, to be a driver of change, right? If you're in your industry and see opportunities that you can take advantage of before your competitors, 
you are that disruptor. And certainly those businesses that can stay ahead, make those fact-based, data-driven decisions, communicate very collaboratively across the organization so that it's moving in lockstep together and really be constantly evaluating both where they are and how they're doing relative to what they expected. Those are the organizations that are going to not only survive, but thrive in this world. As we come to a close here of this conversation, for those finance teams that that are listening and say, yeah, that that's the role that I want to take in, in my organization, bring it back to why it's it's so important for finance to 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 be at the center of this new model. Well, I think it's twofold here, right? Finance is already at the center. There's finance trying to do this in, in the old school way is really the challenge. So putting finance at the center isn't really new. What's new here is how do we enable finance to become more efficient? How do we enable them to be more collaborative across the organization? And frankly, out of that with improved efficiencies, with better collaboration, how do we enable finance to really take a more strategic role in the organization? And I think that an agile business is a very strategically focused business. And for finance to step into that role of strategic leadership to drive agility through active planning is really what we're looking for. There's no better time than now to really evaluate the way in which you're planning. And I think what's key for everyone to understand is that there are technologies out there today that can, in fact, enable this transition from static to active. And it could be done in a very, I'll say, stepwise manner, taking parts of the organization and beginning to automate them and building on that over time. I want to thank Rob Hull for joining us today. Rob, this has been a great conversation. Thank you. Thanks very much, Greg. Pleasure to talk with you. If you've liked what you've heard today, please uh, remember to subscribe to the podcast and also to download Plan to Win, Achieving Agility in an Age of Urgency. It's a great read. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. <laughs>